but it's just, oh, it's just going to be me, me and the eight-year-old for right now. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's tall enough to fit most rides, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we make, we make uh, tall children. I'll tell you that I am, <laughs> I am six foot four and then oh. my wife is five foot 11. So we are, we are tall people. We would yeah. fit right in, 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 you know, Sweden. Nice. I would say that. Yeah, me and Seb are dwarves in comparison. We're, well, we're yeah. short sweets. When he but, talks yeah. about feet, uh, foot, and uh, stuff uh, like that, I might as well be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're probably like five, six. I have no idea. I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah but... well, if you're below <laughs> below two meters, I'll yeah, probably yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> Hey kids, welcome to Monster of the Week. Today we'll be talking about zombies. It's pre-modern. This is constructing old school magic. darkness i'm here i'm here i'm here <laughs> what, what are we talking about today uh today we're uh, we're skipping episode 50 or so i heard exactly so, or or have we already yeah no no one it? knows no, no one, one knows. knows so we're doing episode 51 which ty yeah. thought we should skip as well because it's area 51 it should be very mysterious that episode yeah uh so okay. Maybe it's okay. So this is 52. yeah, might be, might be, might 51. be. Who knows? But okay. uh, we're uh, we're here to talk with a monster of uh, pre-modern right now, uh, a staple of the community, a organizer of several nice tournaments and uh, showcase events, uh, and he's been top eighting three out of five latest monthlies in the pre-modern online community. Uh, Mr. Michael Arnold is with us. Hello, Michael. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on, man. So how's it going? It's been going well. Um, so we're just uh, you know, about to, to start the, the top eight uh, for the Spring Fling. Uh, Mike Hoip has been doing a great job just organizing all that. So we should be able to, you know, you, you should have some matches on the stream here very quickly, probably by the time that this episode airs. Sweet. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the band series, or what are we talking about? So the band series yeah, was just, the, the finals was just played, and it's going to be released uh, by Andrew Walker here pretty soon. He's been having some streaming difficulties, so he just recorded the match, uh, but it will be, you know, then streamed as it was live. So um, it's a rematch. Um, so uh, Ricardo Barros and Flint Espel, uh, they played in the, you know, the semifinals for the, the winner's bracket, and now they are uh, meeting again here for the, the finals of the tournament. Sweet. Mm. So the itinerary for today's show is we're going to talk with Mike about his Springfling deck, about some zombie contamination deck, and then let's talk the band series. Mm-hmm. And if time allows, we will end with some brew that or screw that. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I see here, Michael, you've been... Uh, are we going back to December here, or where are we starting, Anton? 
we could we could start in December because that deck is man 2022 did that year bring out cool decks or what in the in the format but yeah it ended uh combo yeah decks, yeah combo decks and uh, prison decks I guess but Michael you played your own brew zombie contamination and mm-hmm. internet exploded yeah mm-hmm. so this received a lot of a <laughs> lot of good feedback uh right here and yeah i've really enjoyed playing the deck um I, I would also note that i played it as my rogue deck in the 64 <sighs> uh deck gauntlet you know which which i host every year and i made top eight there um as well with that deck so um yeah that was mm-hmm. yeah a lot of opportunities to, to be able to play it over a short amount of time and then made top four with a monthly. Mm-hmm. And the way that this all started out was I wanted to be able to find the right home for contamination. Uh, the way that I like to brew decks is I like to find, you know, powerful cards, which either historically or from other formats and uh, be able to, to build around those. And there was like a really good mm-hmm. type two contamination deck. Um, you had, of course, Vampiric Tutor to tie everything together to get another spirit and keep it going. Okay. But how could we do it in in pre-modern? And eventually I came, you know, to the, the idea of, hey, I could do like a Buried Alive, you know, version uh, where I could get Ashen Ghouls and other um, shadows and, you know, have that kind of loop going mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the Buried Alive creatures. But I could also do Zombie Infestation um, with, with Squeeze. Yeah. And... That deck looked a lot different than what I, you know, made the top four with. One of the first things I did with that deck uh, was I just cut the the dark rituals. I think I like was around like 21 or 22 lands, and I'm like, you know, unless you turn one ritual buried alive, turn two zombie infestation, you don't even want to see a dark ritual in the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so cut that and allowed me to a- add some more lands. So so c- could you could you just pause for a minute? You're it's. Uh mono black deck but you had like was it later on you played with sulfur spring you, you had a squee of course mm-hmm. and what what's the engine and what's uh because you wanted to it's the zombie infestation it's the recursion of squee or where did you yeah so the main exactly engines were either you know with a zombie infestation with squee or with buried alive and the ashen ghoul um nether shadow um you know mm. uh, duo of creatures right there and yeah, I did always splash red in there for Firestorm. Firestorm is just a great card in the deck. Um, if you go onto the, you know, that the pre-modern homepage, there's a zombie spark list, you know, up there with the death spark. But I've, I've never played around with that. But quickly, what I realized, you know, with the deck, besides that, it just didn't want dark ritual. You wanted to hit your land drops to consistently get um, both. Uh, buried alive and contamination i also had braids cabal minion in the original deck I'm just nice. like okay this needs more lands um, <laughs> that's that's nice. and <laughs> it's just like there's not like a lot of double pips in the deck either um at the top four list you'll notice that there's no double pips in the entire list mm-hmm. so i can just easily run four richard imports four wastelands yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you got a pretty solid mono base with playing black and red to start with, like mm-hmm. uh, anyhow, right? So absolutely, it's, it's nice. And then you know it's running four duress and four cabal therapies. Um, I will say that like one of the critiques I get from people who have picked up the deck is that it's a little bit clunky because you have several pieces that you kind of want to assemble together. But you're when you're mm-hmm. running a full set of ports, waste, duress, and therapies, you are going to make the opponent a lot more clunky than your deck naturally no. is. No. Um, yeah. You just have 
all that all that disruption um and i guess it's a bit of clunkiness also with some cards that you rather have in a bin and like in that sense right you have the the horror the and horror maybe the squee and stuff like that mm -hmm. so you can possibly have some weird seven hand openers i guess yeah that can definitely uh, happen and i will say one of the things that really tied this deck together was gamble and oh. i got to give a shout out to uh pedro de desantis um you know nice. well-known yep. italian player and he posted uh, on the list several months before uh with you know more traditional black red uh zombie spark list they need gambles in. i'd never seen gamble in the the list before but i'm like that makes a lot of sense mm. and that's really yeah. going to tie tie the room together Obviously, I'd rather have Vampiric Tutor from that good old standard deck, or uh, you know, from some of the extended lists, you know, with Contamination. Mm -hmm. But we don't we don't get to play with Vamp Tutor uh, here in pre-modern. Um, you can't have everything. But what I what I love about this is that no one is playing black in pre-modern, so like Contamination is is superb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really it really messes over people, and I think it's like yeah. um, a good thing. You know, there's so much ability to, to have prison decks in pre-modern. There's mm. a bunch of pieces, but, you know, some of the, you know, more modern uh, staples of, of prison, you know, such as Blood Moon and Back to Basics, they're not really playable in pre-modern, but Contamination mm. is. Yeah. And yeah, this, this deck really um, fully utilizes uh, Contamination, um, as well as just the ability to generate a lot of zombies. You can do this incredibly quickly uh, with zombie infestation and buried alive. Um, Krivik and Horror was one of the key pieces which I added to the deck. Uh, once you know you take out the Ashen Ghouls and the Nether Shadows, uh, Krivik and Horror adds a lot of gas because yeah. unlike Squee, Horror comes back each end step. Yeah. You know, it's not just a once per turn uh, like Squee does in the upkeep, but so you can discard uh, some horrors, get them right back. You bury it alive, you know, uh, sorcery speed, and you get two horrors and put a Squee on top. The Vicken horrors immediately come to your hand at the end step to get um, a zombie. Yeah, you, you, you skip the summoning sickness with the zombie infestation also. So that's pretty neat. Mm. Uh, and I haven't seen Gamble in a long while, Anton. Was it, was it Pink Prison? Yeah, yeah. Did it a correct. While back? Like, yeah. That's the last time I've seen Gamble as well uh, in, mm. in a solid uh, pre-modern deck. So, mm. ah. And that also played Firestorm. We, do we see Firestorm being played in like Reanimator? Yeah, yeah it can play some. It, it can be played in like some Madness decks as well and in some Zombie Infestation Squee and in... It's a card that pops up every now and then, because I mean, yeah. elves and goblins are pretty solid decks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you you have like the key cards you mentioned already. You have you have bird alive also to get you going, mm -hmm. uh, and like a solid solid mana base. How important would you say like? You already mentioned duresses and therapies, like keeping your opponents at check, but you also have a pretty good, like, monodenized strategy mm -hmm. with contamination and all the, like, uh, wastelands or shut on ports. So, uh, what route usually do you go with the deck? Yeah, so it, it depends on, you know, what you draw, of course. 
Um, but usually you're looking for um, zombie infestation. That's just the, the key to the entire deck. And there's two routes that you can go just with uh, the prison strategy. And you don't need very much, uh, you know, for that. You know, if you have zombie infestation plus one squee, uh, that's enough. Or sometimes you have like a horror and a squee. That's one of the, the benefits to adding the the horrors you know into there is that you just um you know naturally have them rather than having to do a buried alive route um and so if you have that you have the zombie infestation one enabler and a contamination you can lock them out pretty fast or you have you know just a um, a good aggro zombie hand uh which all that you need is zombie infestation plus a buried alive because those two together you will uh, generate three zombies per turn cycle with that and if you have if you naturally have another enabler you can you know increase the number of zombies just if you because naturally have okay a... so to talk us through it you play zombie infestation uh then her bird lives you get like you usually get crevican horror then or you get two horror you want to get two horrors and one squee generally so mm -hmm. if you do that if you have zombie infestation out um you get the horrors back immediately at the end of turn that's one zombie that you make and then you get the you get at least one back again on that your opponents in step so that's yeah. another zombie um they come back squee now comes back <laughs> and this is where like <laughs> another enabler comes into play but you can also just use the card that you drew for turn um always make sure to have the discard the horrors first before the squee so that way yeah uh, this top. is where i would usually this mm -hmm. is probably the place where i would fuck up first yes <laughs> i guess you learn like especially play wastelands <laughs> and stuff like that also uh -huh. yeah so you, you have that and yeah if you have the aggro zombie hand you you know you don't have to spend mana after you play the barrier live so you can just pour it to your heart's content and you know waste uh people um you know therapies are easy you know to, to flash back because you're just generating so many zombies and you can quickly overrun your opponent yeah, the value with with cabal therapy and zombie infestation with recurring creatures is insane mm -hmm. uh i mean yeah the synergies in this deck screams it, it mm, it's so good but the, the deck obviously falls to one thing and and that's the graveyard artifacts Mm -hmm. And you solve this even main deck. So so you play four gambles, Mike, and it... You mean like the graveyard hate? Yeah, the graveyard hate. Yeah, so people is, yeah. uh, play uh, Phyrexian Furnace and um, so. sometimes a Tormus Crypt's main deck in like Parfait. Yeah. But Mike, you came prepared. Yep. What, what, what did you play? What do you play in your main deck? Yeah, so there's one Null Rod main yeah. deck, and then there's two in the board. <laughs> yeah, and I have to say, it's not just for the graveyard hates, but that's a you know a big um, you know benefit to, to running the Null Rod's main deck. Uh, the other one is Mox Diamond. Yes, uh, because mm. Mox Diamond will get around your contamination lock yeah. very easily, as well as Lotus Petal. Uh, those are very very common uh, that we see in the format. And yeah, you just want to lock that meta down. Also, this is you know they're not very common nowadays. I would say the Mud decks um but certainly yeah they they don't care about you know turning the mana black because they just use colorless mana and they just mm. uh you know will go crazy with their their mana rocks but yeah no rod shuts that all down and having access to that uh really yeah. helps to just yeah get the hooks in i played versus this deck uh gerard Siatkowski, mr turtleman we had an mm -hmm. fnm in like february or something i, I played oh, yeah. covetous stacks so the red welder covetous dragon stacks. Nice. Uh, I was fearing Nolrod, but it turns out that if he landed a zombie infestation, I could basically not win. Because like my deck couldn't handle an enchantment and 
getting he played around Tango Wire so well with getting recur recursion of uh, squeeze and Krobic and just make more permanence to me. So it, yeah, hard deck to mm. beat with uh, with the stacks approach if you mm. land your turn two infestation. Yeah, there's certainly like weaknesses to the stack. I mean, you never want to see like Withered Wretch or Planar Void or mm. um, anything like that. But then there's you know several decks which this can this can really school. Um, yeah, lost in the top four to to um, Green Red Goblins, which I had beaten uh, Jeff White uh, in pod, but uh, he got the better of me in the top four. However, had I been able to win that top four match, I would have gone up against Stasis, and mm. I don't know how this deck can ever lose against Stasis. <laughs> Uh, because zombie infestation will always allow you to get under black vice. Um, they always have to live in fear of contamination. They have no ability uh, to be able to beat a contamination. Um, mm. yeah. You can just, even if... We also had an enchantress mm. there in the top, I see here. Yep. Uh, that could, might be problematic, I guess. But uh, like you have the snuff out, I guess, for the, <laughs> for the lackey and whatever. And Firestorm could probably... Mm -hmm. I, I'm talking about the goblins matchup. Sure. It, it it's not that bad, right? Or is it just like look at the yeah, sideboard for yeah, four it's, engine it's not not too bad. Um, however, in the third game of the top four, I had to mulligan like just two non-functional hands. They didn't do anything, so I went down to five. Jeff also yeah. went down to five, but his five was lackey into was siege goblins. gang, play a pile <laughs> yeah. driver, and just turn three me. Yeah, I saw you that. Know. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, goblins, goblins is a solid deck. So no yeah. no shame in losing to them. No. I need if you would have seen like a bird alive or something, you might get rolling a bit more, but yeah, I guess you can as you mentioned, you can have some clunky draws with it. And like the rests don't do that much either. And yeah, you sideboard out the, the discard you, primarily yeah. and just play the board. No. Mm -hmm. But you have a good board, as uh, Anton mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm against most of those. Types yeah, I was I was thinking, how does this deck deal with um, Dreadnought? But then it hit me: Snuff Out is non-black creature only, so not non-black, non-artifact. Plus, cool. you have three edicts, mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah, that was an mm -hmm. addition that I made specifically for the the Gauntlet because mm -hmm. yeah, in the, the Gauntlet there are several Dreadnought decks mm -hmm. uh, which come in. So yeah, Cutting Braids allowed me to be able to add the Null Rod main deck as well as a couple other things, you know, which included the Snuff Out. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's just the plan because you can um, you know easily gamble for um, for a Snuff Out and even play around days with that because yeah, it's a free spell. Mm. Mm. Yeah, both me and Seb love braids. I mean, every Primordial player loves braids, right? But, oh, yeah. ah, God, it, sometimes the, the harsh truth hurts, realizing it, that you can it, streamline it better, I guess. Yeah, it does. It, it was a sad cut right yeah. there. Um, but, but it sounds like you, you went from like dark rituals and like being more in the in the general area of later game then you ended up with a more streamlined as you mentioned mm -hmm. like more aggressive build which is probably better mm. yep. <laughs> to be fair but, yeah, but that's uh, how I, sorry go ahead yeah that's just how i enjoy you know building decks like you know find you know a piece which um you know i want to build around and just kind of find the shell for it and uh yeah Ant and I have talked a lot about, you know, secret force and, you know, putting that into the, the rock shell with natural order. And, uh, yeah, you just kind of, uh, focus on that one card and what makes it good. And you can, you can definitely come up with a deck, you know, the, the building mm. blocks are there in pre-modern. 
Yeah, I was supposed to like not buy too many more pre-modern cards, but then this deck came up and it's like, fuck, I need to go get four contamination. <laughs> I I I only got one so far because it's like a forty euro card, and I'm trying to, yeah. Oh, I should some ship money. you from, from the states. There, uh, yeah, you can get some for relatively reasonable because okay. they they reprinted it in the list. But yeah, so it's yeah, yeah okay, for true, anyone who's true. looking up to uh, to pick up the deck, especially like the the list copies are are pretty cheap, and you can get like mod play ones, you know, for mm. about the the price of the the near mint um, list copies. Okay. Hmm. And uh, like most of the cards uh are not on the reserve list like ports have been yeah, but... printed now and wasteland's not that expensive so yeah, you got maybe not road i guess yeah. it's a it's a decent non-expensive yeah. deck i'd yeah. say in pre-modern and i uh so, so where where did you like you you ended up doing really well with it and you played it a bunch of times like you like where because you you are are you like do you, do you feel like the deck is set in a way or have you thought on more? Uh, I do skip around, you know, uh, decks here and there. Um, I would add a, a another shadow or another another spirit um, into the deck, just one, uh, because you can bury mm -hmm. it alive for you know the the spirit and two horrors. The horrors will come back right away. And then you get the mm. um, the spirit on the upkeep, and that's just a self-contained contamination lock at that point. Um, mm. Sweet. So you you it just opens up more hands uh, where you don't need zombie infestation. Oh. So that's that's kind of the, the key there. And actually, yeah, you can see uh, Francisco Palou's, um uh, league with it that he played um, on Moto. Uh, I donated uh, for that one, and uh, he played the deck, and he, um, yeah. Uh, so he he was able to play it with another spirit, and we, he did get the the lock in in one game. Um, spoilers nice. here: he he went two three in the league. In my heart, he went uh, three two. Uh, I think he played a little <laughs> conservative uh, in one game and didn't see the potential of a double buried alive hand with uh, zombie infestations, and because mm. uh, that just gets out of control. But um, mm. yeah, it was his first time playing playing the deck and, and picking it up. And there's some there's some tricky stuff that that comes up, especially with graveyard order and. Yeah. Um, just yeah. Uh, yeah. Plan, planning out the turns and you know allowing things to snowball. Mm -hmm. Like the the card in Premodern that that has so many applications and rogue boost, I feel is uh, zombie infestation. Like any big tournament, like there's always one top sixteen place that has some sort of zombie infestation deck, whether it's like Psychotog or this or uh, Dredge at home now with like survival plus. Um, Solve infestation. It's a very versatile card. It's definitely on that list of, um, you know, that one of the best cards in pre-modern that that no one is playing or yeah. like no one is, like it, it's very rare to, yeah. that it actually shows up. But when it does, it it can do very well. Um, so I think you know my one con contribution to the zombie infestation archetype is you know you can run just a couple contaminations somewhere in the 75 because it just locks out the game. Mm -hmm. um, there's another guy who did uh, well recently with a you know local tournament here in the states with a a blue black version the dredge at home where he's yeah. just kind of all in on the recursive creatures and everything. But yeah, if you just you know put like two contaminations in there, it allows the deck to fight on another access. And um, so even if it's not putting like hasn't put like a super amount of power on the board, if you do have that recursive engine going, you're able to drop the contamination, 
the opponent's no longer able to develop, and then you can eventually get to the point where you can just run away with things. They're my family. Take me. Take me. And then January came, and you're you're still top eighting, but now you're playing Patriot or The Solution or the Lightning <laughs> Angel deck, or yeah, or as I registered at anything but Solution. Yeah, correct. That's what it actually shows up on, <laughs> on TC decks. <laughs> correct. Uh, Got to make a stand somewhere. Yeah, right. But I'm not sure if there's so much to talk about with this archetype. It's pretty. Um, discovered i mean there's so many different routes you can take with it uh do you want to say something brief about it or should we move to spring fling or yeah Yeah. just just um a couple you know quick thoughts on it um because i think uh you really got to tailor this deck to what you expect to be facing and at the time there's just a lot of you know combo decks you know with with one blue stifle not especially and then uh prison decks running around mm-hmm. um so if you expect a lot of red decks i really recommend like bk's version with silver knights and yeah. um that's just really really good um but this version it runs four portents and four impulses um that helps with the mana um certainly because that can be rough but also finds meddling mage very quick mm-hmm. and uh yeah meddling mage is just so hot right now i i've got to say so yeah. uh you can really f- uh get a lot of decks to fold to a protected meddling mage Mm. Parfait has a lot of trouble, you know, dealing with a turn one mom and then turn two meddling mage on oath. Uh, it's really difficult for them to um, get anything going at that point. And um, yeah, it just helps. The, the cantrips helps you find um, the key sideboard cards. And the final thing is just running, you know, hard, hard counterspell. A lot of people have tried, you know, mana leak and some other things. I played it um, in a monthly. It was the same monthly that uh, Flint Espel uh, won the, the mm. monthly with that mm. deck and uh that version ran ma- uh it ran memory lapse and i wasn't really um impressed you know by that but mm. counterspell if you think about counterspell as a turn five plus play there's really mm. nothing which compares to it so the deck will generally play long and mm. and you know you want to develop in the early game so you're not even holding that up um and so if it's really just a late game play where you can't let anything hit the table like a Mastercore, which um, you know, uh, you know, would have lost me a game to James Smiths on Elves. Yeah. Um, no, just hard, hard counter spell. Nope, not allowed. But that's very, that's very a very good like, I don't know, assertion. But but because uh, you can't reliably cast counter spell on turn two with this mana base, nope. and so nope. so getting to that point uh, that okay, counter spell is a late game spell. I love that. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't see it myself because I want to. I want to have the ability to cast it, but yeah, you, you can't consistently have double blue on turn two with this mana, I guess. So, yeah, good call, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you you're addressing what the deck actually does, uh, not like what people want it to do, because like turn one mom isn't like sufficient threat level mm. for you to just keep two mana open anyhow mm-hmm. you, you need to play at least well maybe one more t- threat oh, yeah. and usually you get those double blue uh, like at that point and the angel I don't know you can drop it later on I guess uh, anyhow mm. it's but th- that's 
you have a clunky mana base to start with to really feel like this is more of a mid-range deck. It's not a Delver deck or anything like that, mm. I feel. Mm. Uh, you you clearly not, you can't play days and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I kind of like it mm. being being more mid-rangey player. Uh, it's probably good. Yeah, I think the solution, no, no, okay. Anything but the solution deck uh, has come <laughs> to terms to, yeah, it, it's pretty mid-rangey. Like, yeah. people have stopped trying to greed uh, what wastelands and daisies and whatever in, in this deck yeah. Like, uh, oh yeah uh, yeah like and a big part of the solution is having uh as you mentioned meddling mages but also like swords and disenchants and like, yeah the one for one suite is insane uh, yeah yeah so, so going more that route and then having what you mentioned uh, michael like for the big sweepers or the big like game winning spells you have you still have the the counter spell to mm -hmm. uh, address a lot of stuff mm. uh, yeah uh, I, I only tried i think with there's a bunch of two mana one slash you're playing compulsion and stuff like that right uh, and i've seen but but i yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try playing counter spell i always tend to go back to patriot at some point but the mana base man yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're like at least one out of like every hand you're you have to you have to be good at asserting like this is probably not a winning hat yeah it it, <laughs> it happens uh... but yeah port and impulse do a lot of a lot of work just yeah. to be able to, to find and fix your colors there mm -hmm. yeah. no it's cool that's cool then we're we're at your territory here soon. I think. Yeah, let's jump ahead to um, Springfling, and uh, just a brief history. Me and uh, Mike, we we were early adapters to elves. Like we both played at the back in what 2018. Uh, we had. Uh, well, I, I different... played it back in 2001. Oh, okay, <laughs> you okay, know, okay. I, I go uh, pretty far back. Um, <laughs> I was fortunate yeah. to have my my cradles from from back then, but yeah, yeah um, we were we were the the else players before it was cool, and yeah, uh, I, we had a lot of conversations, you know. About yeah, the deck. but then uh, then survival uh, was added, and uh, the deck was definitely added to to the map of premodern. Okay. Well, uh, but of course, you yeah. still like to play your own brews, Mike. So you're you're playing uh, <laughs> Sentinel elves, and that that's a legit term. If we talk terminology in elves, but it's usually nettle sentinel that goes well with elves, but that's not legal in promoter. So, so you're trying out Lanuar sentinel in elves, uh, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, yeah, a bit odd, but uh, cool. You went to top so, eight, so tell us about your deck, man. It's a three mana for people that don't, like me yeah, who are not like as well-rounded with elves. It's a three mana elf that's a two three, and when it enters. The battlefield you can pay one and a green yep. to fetch another one of london world sentinels and right? put it into play and put it into mm -hmm. play uh so 
okay, yeah. You you go through how you ended up there, basically. Yeah, so like originally when I was testing ELLs in pre-modern, um, like the main payoffs, which I was considering was Sentinel and then deranged Hermit. And, you know, quickly made the conclusion that Hermit, you know, was just better. Uh, it was better against Wrath of God. It was better against, uh, you know, a lot of different of uh, the, the common answers um, of, of that time, which I was facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things change and, you know, people have developed decks to be able to, to punish, you know, just the, the normal uh, mana elves as well as uh, deranged hermit. And certainly like you can get all set up and everything and uh, put your hermit down. And then next turn, your your opponent's dropping a goblin war chief and a, a sharpshooter. And all of a sudden you've lost your entire development right there. Um, or you get an engineer plague and you're left with four squirrels and they easily pick off off those. Um, so yeah, it was just an idea about how to fight the common hate, which was popping up and having a two, three body is pretty relevant. So, um, that obviously survives, um, the sharpshooter, um, it's still attacks for damage after an engineer plague, um, and, you know, it survives pyroclasm. There's just a lot of a lot of different things which um, the the sentinels uh, survive. So it was something I kind of wanted to test out, and that's why you also see like the the elvish champions um, in the deck is just to get a, a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit extra boost with uh, the sentinels, so they're attacking for good chunks of damage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did I, I forrowed the um, the first pod uh, with the the spring fling, and I did I, I beat several decks um, in there which I would consider bad matchups for you know standard elves um be, uh white uh, red rifter um I and i have to say that like yeah main deck naturalize and game one was really important mm-hmm. and then in one of the sideboard games having the sentinels was really important because he had to you know do multiple cycling cards to take out you know single sentinel mm-hmm. and i was able to still chip in with damage with some of the others and eventually you know close out the game um, as well as winter orb was just a key key component um yeah in that. that's insane persistent mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Uh, if we stop before you go to batch two of uh, Spring Fling, uh, so let's just mention your list. It's it's pretty much the stock survival elves that Jens Jaeger established uh, two years ago now, but you re- replace Tangle Wires, uh, you play three Naturalized Pain deck, you're not playing any deranged Termit, but you play four Lanoware Sentinels, and you still have some, like the one of Color of the Claw, one Elvish Champion, the Anger Package, Master Gore, and Kamal. So it's, it's like eight cards different main deck uh, than the than the stock list. But in your cyber, you also play three Bounty of the Hunts, uh, which is super cool tech. Uh, so let's go, let's go back to Bounty of the Hunt later, but tell us about the batch two of Springfling. Yeah, so batch two, uh, my first match was against uh, Dr. Uh, Rich Shea, uh, who was on Parfait. And um, I, so I was actually able to take that one one down. And again, I got to nice. give credit to the main deck, Naturalize, you know, taking out uh, Timely Oath of Druids. Um, oh. I didn't, you know, get to do much uh, game two. I was, yeah, bad draws against uh, just the, the Parfait prison. And um, But yeah, in game three, I was able to um, keep land tax under control with a, a ranger. And uh, just returning, you know, my own lands, I was able to develop uh, to a point. And um, eventually he was able to, to play out Noth, but I had a Kamal out and just, you know, was able to um, attack for, for just over lethal. So that was, yeah, really key. Sentinels never showed up in that match, but yeah, I got to give, you know, big credit to the, the naturalizes. Um, and that just helped to, to really solidify the game. Um, 
after that, I, I lost uh, to Sly. Um, Will Hurst on, on Sly just got burnt out. Um, had a chance to do a Bounty of the Hunt um, blowout, but didn't take it. I, I thought I had enough time at 18 life, but suddenly I ended up at six <laughs> the next turn, <laughs> as does as does happen. Um, and uh, lost 0-2 against that, and then I lost against uh, Eric Huffman, who's my top eight opponent. He's on red-green goblins, okay. and uh, just wasn't able to to quite quite close it out there. Hmm. Yeah. Last match, uh, was unfortunately wasn't able to play. We had scheduled, and uh, unfortunately my opponent had to keep uh, rescheduling. So uh, he he can see the match after after a couple times of having to reschedule. Okay. Yeah, but only losing to Sly and and Goblins is. Um... Yeah, they're two hard matchups, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sentinel should also be, be pretty fine against Sly, I guess. And uh, the Bounty of the Hunt is is a cool tech. Yep. Uh, I, yeah. I gotta give you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hasn't come up yet, uh, so I would say that it still needs more testing. But it's one of those things. I'm like, all right, this would this would be worth the entire tournament if I just get like one big blowout yeah. with with Bounty of the Hunt. You're also supposed to say the mandatory words about Bounty of the Hunts that, that you always say about that card. So you want to yeah. share? Yeah. Obligatory comment. They should be permanent counters. Contagion, <laughs> yeah. contagion is permanent minus four, minus two. Bounties at one turn, plus three, plus three. That's just uh, criminal. Yeah. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah, really green weird. always always got shafted in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, well... Um, it's interesting. I think, um, I mean, Tangleware I've always seen as like super legit, but yeah, meta has changed. So playing main deck and naturalize, it's a nice uh, take. And I've seen several other players try that out. So cool to hear that um, it works. Because this is the thing with um, you brewers, it tries out just some weird ideas. Sometimes it's just, we need the data to see. The, the, like, the, the elves community in this case needs the data for everyone to try out some weird stuff. Uh, so wall of roots or tempting worms or nettle sentinels or whatever like it's it's good that people dare to jump into the unknown basically oh yeah absolutely mm. keeps things interesting and, too uh, in the format. i kind of like yeah yeah i kind of like also the you mentioned the elder champion and like the the sentinels they work around engineer plagues and like pyroclasp in a way i guess uh, and a lot of things that people bring in against elves yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, elves is solid. What can we say? <laughs> yeah, I wonder when we will see Overrun come back to the deck again, because it usually goes full mm-hmm. circle, uh, any deck in the format. So, like, at some point, the meta will... Uh, I think Overrun can make a show showcase to come back. <laughs> Who needs Overrun when you have Bound to the I, Hunt? Yeah. I, I did seriously consider Coat of Arms, just because Coat of Arms does kind of uh, what I was hoping to yeah. do, fight the the hate, like engineered plague mm. and that type of thing. So it gets you out of range. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's there's some interesting cards for sure. Mm. Yeah, I, I like this about pre-modern because like usually you see formats uh, have like an answer for a deck, but then the deck adapts. And this is a version that is probably, you mentioning the winter orbs, you mentioned the time go virus. If you play too much into the original build of elves you will probably lose to this uh, not addressing the right things yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so it's nice yeah uh, and like anton just a quick question about elves have you have you done anything with elves uh, lately 
No, I, I've, I've been playing Replenish so much, so I, I've only played some casual games with <laughs> elves, and I've, I'm still on like Tanglewire. I, I, I'm, I still keep track of the deck, and I talk to a lot of people about the deck. Like Mike, uh, he mm-hmm. came with this idea. I was like, yeah, fuck it, go, go for it, man. Like, it, it sounds cool. So mm-hmm. we, we need a set. Like, we need different takes and the data, data points about it. So, um, yeah. But do, do, but you're you're playing or Fluffy did play the what's the card with which. It gives you as much life as Squeech. Yeah, by rhythm. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah uh, that, that's uh, Pablo Lanavar, uh, based uh, like his staple. I did play by rhythm back mm. in the days as well. I do love oh, that yeah. card, but but uh, it's like two different takes of survival elves uh, go by rhythm or not. But yeah, it's a legit card for sure in the deck. Mm. Yeah, Anton is okay. the father of by rhythm elves. I did. I did mm. uh, promote that one early on. I do love that card, but. Um, uh, I kind of revisited it lately as well, but yeah, but not as cool as the Nettle. No, not the Nettle. The Lanowar Sentinels. Yeah, so. Lanowar Sentinels. The original, <laughs> original Elvish Sentinels. Yeah, yeah. OG. OG. Yeah, my yeah. good luck in the top eight. I really hope uh, to see you bring one down, and um, elves should uh, once again prevail because it was some time ago now that elves um, top like won a larger tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, uh, I mean, European, well, let's see. No, it wasn't the European champs. It was the Italian champs? The Spanish, Sp- Spanish, Spanish nationals. Okay, yeah. Spanish yeah. nationals. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's, that's like fine. six months ago now. So, um, yep. it's been a while. It's been even longer I think we than had that like, with, uh, the online monthly. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I think we had like four <clears throat> elf stacks in top eight or something. For yeah, three. Three. Champs, so. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Three. Okay. Don't, don't overdo it, man. Only three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <coughs> okay so band uh, band series yeah what, what's that about where can i watch that so i've got a couple uh um couple matches up on my twitch which is just twitch.tv um slash elendrile e-l-e-n-d-r-i-l-e that's my username on discord and many other sites uh so got a couple matches there and then <clears throat> um andrew walker will have um at the finals on his Twitch, uh, which is OS underscore Curdape, and which will probably go up on on his YouTube, which is Might as Well Watch. Mm. Yeah, this was uh, and, just uh, uh, you know based off of um, a kind of a video series which I did with uh, it was myself, Flint Espill, um, and then uh, Ron Taylor, um, as well as Andy Culpepper, Phil Wynn. Uh, we all did this, and the idea was that you know you had you could build a deck around one band card. You could run up to four copies of that in your deck. And we just run it against, mm-hmm. um, you know, normal pre-modern decks and kind of uh, leave our takeaways uh, about, you know, the, the band cards. And so this band series tournament, which we just did, uh, was a double elimination bracket. And so everyone can bring um, a deck with one unbanned card um, mm-hmm. and run up to, to four copies with it. So... I myself, but but you decide before, so no, not everyone is playing the same deck, all right? Um, they, they could choose whichever one that they they wanted to, so it wasn't you know like um one person got to reserve you know balance or anything for the the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were you know several people uh, chose brainstorm. That was one of the more popular ones, as well as balance. Uh, those showed up um in in multiples. Um, I myself was the only one running Yogmas will. So that was uh, what I, I built my deck around. 
I, yeah. I was going to join this. Uh, we should also state that uh, Mike, he, it's a tradition that you organize a double elimination bracket during the spring fling, right? You've done that for last yeah, four it, years. It started with, started with Jared Doucette. He was the one who ah, uh, first okay. did it in yeah. um, spring fling 2020, the very first spring fling, okay. yep. you know, when the, the world just shut down. And uh, so he did the first kind of spinoff tournament. I want to say the next year where we allowed enemy fetch lands and mm, there true, have been true. a couple couple other like spinoffs and so this is the spinoff this time is just uh you know we had uh, the band series tournament yeah yeah that's insane i i, I was gonna join uh but a bit stressful uh, schedule and mm -hmm. i i looked at my deck decks i have 11 different decks uh <laughs> brewed uh, like in paper uh and i couldn't decide like yeah, I, I didn't feel like I don't. I'm not sure what to bring. I I gotta print out some proxies and whatever. And then just time flew by. And it's like fuck it. I I I can't make. I can't make a decision. So I skipped it, and I regret it deeply. But it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and I mean, there's been a lot of interest in it. I think it opens up an interesting space for yeah. um, you know people to to brew around. Yes, we're doing some powerful and broken things, but everyone's doing powerful and broken things. And as long as we can keep that different and varied, um, I think it you know can keep things interesting enough. Um, you know, there is kind of a uh, a little niche format of no a bandless modern, and uh, there's actually like a fairly recent video which was up with uh, LSV and Reed Duke. They they bashed it out with their you know no bandless decks, and there's quite a bit of variety in what they uh, they brought. But I think if you did complete no bandless pre-modern there's just you know there's so much power just concentrated in the fast mana um yeah. mm, you know yeah. and that you you pretty much have to, yeah, to right. do that and just jam that particular thing um no. but if we have some restriction on that where you just get one banned card okay there still should be some broken combo decks um you know there should also be some pretty powerful prison decks uh, that you can do to fight those uh, combo yeah. decks, and I do think there's a, a few options for for aggro. Um, you know, mm. no one uh, brought food chain goblins with goblin recruiter, but I recently played that in a different. It was an old frame legacy league yeah. where recruiter was was not on the ban list, and I took down that you know 14 person tournament Sweet. with uh, a yeah, great with a <laughs> goblin recruiter. Turns out that's a pretty good card. Yeah, uh, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> yep. But how okay. many how many people did attend this double elimination bracket? Yeah, so it's sixteen players. Um, it's capped at the sixteen players, you know, for the the double elimination. Mm. Um, and that way, you get up to I believe yeah four rounds before the the finals. Yep. So, yeah, just traditional uh, double elimination. So, uh, we did have yeah eight people, you know, get basically O two and then are out, and then it keeps progressing from there. Mm. And how many different band cards showed up? Uh, so there are quite a few. I'm trying to find the, the numbers that I had uh, written oh. down, but um, I know it was, um, yeah, we had, I think it was three people on balance mm. um, and then another three on um, Brainstorm. So that was Dave Kaplan, Alvaro, um, uh, Galindo, and then... Um, uh jared uh satowski and um, was it all uh, dreadnought based brainstorm decks or yeah they were oh. they were all on um all on dreadnought okay yeah so and 
how good were because what did you meet like because this is uh, wait Seb wait Seb let let him finish let him finish the the list sorry Uh, sorry sorry. I just got interested (laughs) in how good each yeah yeah yeah, let's finish the list and then we can talk the games okay sorry so after brainstorm Mike yeah and then we had you know we had one vampiric tutor you know we had uh, a mind twist um I'm trying to uh, to think right here. We could actually one strip mine. I know. Yeah, one strip mine. One second. I apologize, Seb. Ah, no worries. Want to edit this out? <laughs> I can actually find the stuff. Anton Anton loves this uh, time. Okay. You, All right. You want to want to end? See, I had to yeah, <laughs> squeeze everything out of it now. I need yeah. a, just a minute to find it on Discord. So okay. We had yeah three balance decks, three brainstorm, two force of wills. Mm. Uh, we had mind twist, earthcraft. That was an enchantress shell. Mm, we had nice. entomb, which was a yeah just another spirit fair entomb deck. Uh, necropotence mm. crammed into the zombies. Uh, strip mine with uh, slotherin's uh, Mr. T oh, uh, deck was what you cover right there. Uh. Vampiric vampiric <laughs> yeah, tutor to set up Draco that. blast. Oh, that's amazing. That was that was sweet. Yeah. Uh, we had Yogmoss Bargain, the classical bargain nice. uh, combo deck, which got a banned, and then there was myself on Yogmoss Will, uh, yeah. slammed into a pox shell. So no tendrils of yeah. agony. That's uh, very interesting. No, no tendrils. Uh, no one uh, decided to uh, to do that. Uh, no one decided to like go crazy with Talarian Academy or no. Mana Vault. Um, yeah. yeah. No I channel, think... channel fireball. I know there's there's a lot of a lot of missed opportunities here. But, ah, um, such a cool format. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's uh, probably a lot of. Because is it proxied? Did you mention that? No, 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 not an. Yeah, for the the sake of this, yeah, everyone was allowed to be able to proxy any number of cards that they wanted. Okay. It's just a one-off tournament. So, and uh, some of you the mentioned the Tolaran Academy. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought maybe it's because people usually only have one of those <laughs> anyhow, uh, but yeah, okay. That that's also an interesting like in your build here you have like uh there's so many sweet things going on but the pox <laughs> that's where that's where we always want to head right Anton? yeah yeah find a good pox <laughs> the end goal of premodern These are some racist motherfucking zombies. Why would you even lock the door? I mean, the window's broken and... <gasps> oh! Oh, hell no. That's... No, no, no. Well, that, you know, just ties right into, you know, how I like to build decks. I like to, you know, find shells for um, traditionally powerful cards right here. And yeah, when people were working on what have, you know, now become the pretty standard pit rack decks, uh, a lot of them started off, you know, with pox in there. And then you just heard how like Pox was the worst card in the deck and people entirely cut it uh, for that Probably, reason. Yeah. Even though like this was like Pox was a powerhouse back in old mm-hmm. extended, even, you know, in the midst of other like very powerful decks like High Tide and, you know, Pox was putting up results, you know, yeah. way back when. And one of the reasons why Pox was so good is Yogmoth's Will. Um, 
because you know when turns out when you make everyone discard all their cards sacrifice lands and everything like that and then you get them back it kind of breaks the parity yeah that's neat. <laughs> just yeah. just a yeah. little bit um i didn't yeah. have any like really cool like pox turns like my like what i would have loved to do is something like ritual pox ritual yagmas will and then ritual ritual pox again play out like two um baubles or something like that mm. and then i get mm -hmm. like a couple free draws and just uh you know re rebuild myself uh from there so nothing nothing that quite crazy but i would get some good value this is this is such a mic list you even play like four tainted packs of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> in a deck with basically. But, but you play four baubles also. That's really neat to play with. Yeah. <laughs> so bauble, bauble. <laughs> yeah, turning Yogmas will into a cantrip. That's play Yogmas will. <laughs> play two more baubles. Drop four in your upkeep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is not how I. Uh, but this is what I love about this. Like I had not thought about putting Yogmas will into a pox shell. Like that. That's not even my top five like ideas of how to use the, or how to abuse that card but i love it it's it's super cool yeah yeah well i mean when people are you expect them to do super broken things yeah. you know starting yeah. off with four duress and four therapies are a pretty good way to, uh -huh. to keep that from happening mm -hmm. um and then when you i was expecting people to play dreadnought as well and um yeah uh you know, you, I've got four innocent bloods and three yeah. poxes to be able to take care of the dreadnoughts and, you know, some smothers in the board right there. Yeah. And then I knew people would be bringing balance. That was people were talking yeah. about brewing around balance. Yeah. Well, a good way to be able to recover from a balance is Yogmas will. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you just get some of your stuff back. Um, so. Yeah, and you're, you're even playing Cobble Coffers, aren't you? Is it no no cabal no, coffers what, what, in there? Just uh, no, what's it's the threshold uh, land uh, minus two oh, minus two cabal pit. Uh -huh, okay. Yeah, cabal pit. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that that would have been <laughs> the coffers would have been cool. Going going very <laughs> wide. <laughs> but okay. the miser's uh, haunting echoes main deck also. It, it, it's a cool cool version. This. Yeah, that that got a couple people. I you know exiled all the dreadnoughts and wind conditions and. Yeah. I can uh, think about uh, at least two games where I won just because of Haunting Echoes. Hmm. So let's get back to what I wanted to ask earlier. What was like the most powerful thing? Was it balance? I, when I'm listening to like the list there, I just stopped at balance. Like this can't be for real, right? Yeah. Well, if you look at <laughs> people play four balance. If you look at Ricardo's list, you know which which he has. He was running a green white balance deck. And um, so some of the things which he did, um, which I really thought were, um, you know, really pushed his deck Broke over the it. top. Um, so he's okay. running uh, four abeyance um, in the main deck. Mm -hmm. And then I believe in the sideboard, he's got, no, he does not have Orm's Chant. I was thinking he had Orm's Chant. No, but he's got, he's got abeyance. And that's just a good way to be able to deal with, you know, random combo decks, especially like any storm-based combo decks or Stifle Knot. Um, it's able to, to counter that. He's also got a sphere of resistance, which is what really was the hammer in me because nice. sphere just makes Yagmas will like you can't really get profit yeah. off of that. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, sphere of resistance is just a great card against you know storm decks in general as well as you mm -hmm. know just, just many other things. So I think he combined um, those things really well with the balance. And his win condition is basically just the rack. Uh, that he's got so he's gonna mm. mind twist you he's got a lot of ways to be able to <laughs> empty out his own hand with uh mox diamond and um baubles and 
Sylvan Library is, you know, card negative yeah. until you actually pay life and, and all that stuff. Hmm. So, yeah, he he really, um, I think, put together a, a very evil deck. Does uh, he play Anarid uh, Brush Upper as well? Or did he, he did not. He, okay. he, didn't, okay. he didn't run that. Um, Andy yep. Culpepper did play Anarid Brush Hopper in yeah, Patch right, Rack right. Balance yep. Shell yep. for the, the video series, which we did. Yep. Yep. And he absolutely destroyed me. Yep. Um, but yeah. Um, he was not running it. Um, another player did play basically a parfait list with Annured Brush Hopper, mm -hmm. um, but he uh, just made like the top eight. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. We talked to uh, me and some other guys about this as well, and it's like, yeah, balance must be the like the most broken thing you can do. Uh, oh yeah. Because like, yeah, I, I'm I went into Tendril's territory, but uh, it's also a bit weird because you lack like the card that you want to like the ad nauseum or like the draw engine the necropotence or the yagmas bargain or whatever so uh it's not super super stable but it's good mm -hmm. uh, yeah when you only get yeah. one card you yeah. know to unban balances is pretty good there but i i think yeah. this you know if people want to explore this format more i think it has legs i think uh one mm -hmm. thing which you know would really be rough for the balance decks is if you ran like a mud deck with mana vault mm, because yeah. you know balance doesn't deal with artifacts yeah. and um, balance decks mm. particularly are going to run on low amount of lands because they want to armageddon their opponent yeah. and so things like spheres of resistance and rishid imports it yeah. really throws a wrench um into into what those balance decks want to do yeah that's cool yeah we should mention uh flippy organized like one um Pretty an unchained tournament uh, two mm -hmm. years ago or something, and it, it, that allowed uh, all the banned cards to be played as restricted cards, basically. So then you could actually build pretty broken stuff because you could abuse mm -hmm. like the one of Yagmut's will with the one of Yagmut's bargain and like the mystical tutor and the tendrils and whatever. But sure. th so this is like a completely other format, completely other idea. But... Yeah, especially with the lighted tutor being yeah. <laughs> unbanned, I guess that's pretty weird but this yeah and i also like when you like draft you could do so many things with the band list yeah. you could draft it you can and if you're only playing like eight players you have a small tournament if we draft the, the band cards you know what the other players are probably playing yeah. so you can adapt and do yeah. other things mm -hmm. it's like a cube uh, sensation in a way then and and it is anyhow because you know people will be playing the bank cards if it's not open decklist and whatever. It's cool. But uh, Mike, what's uh, doing both the video series and this tournament? What's what's the takeaways uh, here? Do you have any like like we should probably get to unban this or this should definitely every time be stayed forever and ever on the ban list? Do you have any like hot takes? Well, I've got to say that uh, Mystical Tutor definitely deserves to be unbanned, and uh, Mystical Tutor never did anything wrong. I've got some, uh, you know, strong thoughts thoughts on that one. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely don't think it's better in the format than Enlightened Tutor. No, I and I think, yeah, um, unbanning it would be consistent with you know pre-moderns uh, theory, just that it's a place where you can play cards which you can't in other formats and. It's definitely too powerful, like in Legacy, and it's been way too powerful in Vintage for a long time because of Ancestral Recall. Uh, but yeah, in, in pre-modern, yeah. back in back in old Extended, I've run the numbers, and Mystical Tutor was never a problem. Hmm. Uh, not even in hmm. High Tide or any of these other like spell-based combo decks, you rarely saw Mystical Tutor pop up. Hmm. Um, as far as things which could be considered uh, to be unbanned, 
Um, I think uh, Mind's Desire could be an interesting one. I'm not sure if there's a shell which really truly breaks Mind's Desire. Um, and again, it's banned everywhere else. So this might be like the last place where it could be played. Um, and especially if your win condition is really just brain freeze or something else mm. with tendrils of agony it could potentially just be too good because like a mind's desire for six into another mind's desire is pretty much game over yeah. but in order to get to that you know the the amount that you need for a brain freeze kill and then to be able mm. to play around gaia's blessing um at the same time that that could be really hard um to be able to do so i think mind's desire is an, an interesting one mm. um entomb is another one which people have talked about um Entomb's a very powerful card. Um, however, at the same time, is reanimating a Neshoba or an Akroma, is that better than, you know, stifling a Dreadnought? And mm. I don't exactly have, have an answer for that, uh, but it's something that, that could be explored. Mm. Um, I've, you know, recently kind of, you know, come out and talked about, because people have been, um, you know, calling something to be done about parfait particularly like land tax and oath of <laughs> druids these are just um you know very yeah. difficult to fight against survival yeah. um decks have also been been criticized so i'm like well land tax and survival are very powerful engines mm -hmm. so what if you considered unbanning necro to fight against like these engine <laughs> decks the key is that uh... yeah the key is that you couldn't have like a broken necro combo deck uh, that would be unfair. Yeah. But if we had like, you know, dead guy with Necro or the rock with Necro, is that enough to be able to, you know, yeah, um, like either tower plus Necropotence is like, it's insane. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, like, oh yeah. With uh, the yeah. dark ritual being also yeah. in the format. It's yeah. I, I've, uh, I've played uh Necro plus ivory tower in uh, the middle school format and it is, it's quite good. Um, mm. At the same time, is it is it better than tax and um, tax plus scroll rack? I don't know, but it's something that you could possibly at least consider and, and test. Mm. Um, it it we really kind of like in this mid territory of things that you could consider unbanning, whether that be necro or entomb, something like that. You really just to start to get into the philosophy of the ban list, like what format do you want to be playing? Mm. And some people are you know up for that really high level magic and some people aren't um you know we could flip this entirely around and say well we need to ban tax and oath and goblin lackey and all these other things and get back to just classic fair magic but you mm -hmm. could also say like on the other you know hand that in order to fight like these powerful things which are going on in pre-modern you could consider unbanning some other really powerful things mm -hmm. like bringing in another like contestant in the ring of the tier one decks. exactly exactly because mm. show and tell i mean show and tell was cool when it was unbanned it caused a lot of hype but we really haven't seen that much show and tell no no, no. It, it's the creature packages that you mentioned like in reanimator also mm. so mm. Uh, well i think but as far as things like never to touch all, don't ever touch demonic I consultation think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay I got to. Pull. I, I yeah. think we will see more uh, things happening, but not rushed. Yeah, that's that's uh, like there's no need to do it. Let gather that data and then see go forward from there. I'd say. Mm. And Berlin said that 
he wanted like real tournament magic to uh, like affect his decision and we've had that going on a while so yeah. it'll be interesting to see where we end up in a in the future we don't have anything uh, in the books as of now that i know of that will be a unbanning or banning or whatever but uh, I, I think you've made a lot of strong arguments for a lot of cards that mm. probably like in another uh, format is too powerful but it might not be it now especially since everything has evolved as it has uh, it's not what you would have thought maybe <laughs> going into it uh, X amount of years ago. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I, I think the Parfait for sure is a problem. It's uh, and I agree maybe with survival also being very powerful, but it's interesting that you mentioned like maybe another deck would open things up in a different angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree with Mystical Tutor, and I think World Gorgic Dragon should be released too. Uh, I, I really think so. But uh, Dragon would be a fun one. Yeah, it would. But Arnold, uh, continue. You, you were saying Demonic um, Consultation should never get unbanned. Never, never touch the light of day. That, yeah. Um, yeah, that you can see like the video series on on my uh, YouTube channel, which is Blade of Land War. And yeah. I played blue black uh, stifle knot with demonic consultation, and it just felt like I was cheating, mm, um, yeah. and was able to to win some spots, which I don't think traditional dreadnought you know would be able to. Yeah. Um, right. Just having you know one mana, <clears throat> be able to you know turn into any any card in your deck, mm. it's just really strong. And if you looked at old extended and what they shoved um, into it. I mean, it, it made Slivers a tier one deck, basically. <laughs> they uh, threw consultation in it. Hey, it it, it uh, put hatred in top eights of Grand Prix, you know? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, don't play hatred, man. Uh, no, don't do it. Yeah, well, but if you get to Monic consultation, <laughs> yeah. you, you definitely uh, power up your deck. I'll tell uh, you that. Uh, sure, sure. Don't, don't do that. Uh, for similarish reasons, you can't, put vampiric tutor um on there especially with what the ban list is now you'd have to ban several other cards hmm. before vampiric tutor could be fine it would just make you know angry hermit and full english breakfast just like way too consistent to be able yeah. to find you know th yeah. their pieces um i do think um a format with vampiric tutor is more interesting than consultation um but at the same time vampiric tutor would just be way too yeah, good it's, it's insane yeah and like we can't have a format with restricted cards nope uh, anyhow so mm. yeah yeah uh, that's another discussion uh are we entering into your territory again anton here or do we have time for yeah that? we kind of are unless michael do you want to end with something about the band series um um, no, not exactly. Um, it was just a lot of fun. I'm glad that people were so excited about it. Um, yeah. I definitely didn't expect kind of the, the level of uh, reception that it got, but it's been fun. We'll probably re revisit it and um, see how it goes. I thought about doing like an, um, an X point, you know, version mm -hmm. of uh, band series because there's a few yeah, you know, cards nice. like when you can play with Grim, uh, with Mana Vault, there's really no reason to play with Grim Monolith. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you're kind of the same thing like memory jar is pseudo kind of banned in there because if you only get memory jar um in like your tinker combo deck 
but you could just play Devourer, which mm. is a pretty strong Tinker combo deck in itself, and get Mana Vault in there. It kind of there's some cards which really wouldn't be considered um, in the the current state. So that's kind of something to consider is doing like an X point system, so you could get two, maybe three banned cards. Um, so yeah, so maybe yeah. next like the one uh, like balance. So exactly. So you have the more restricted sort of, <laughs> yeah. But and like the old school version that I play, the X point that uh, like in the Dutch X point, whatever. Uh, they also bring in a lot of cards that aren't uh, restricted. Otherwise, mm. they have like Mishras and uh, I don't know, uh, even like Abyss and I think Armageddon and stuff yeah. like that. If if you would really sit down and we lost Seb. like think out, yeah, yeah. No, no you're no, back. Like, think out. What? Okay, sorry. Was yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> if you would sit and th think out, like what cards are everyone playing, and that put a point on that, um, that could be interesting. Also, yeah. like get rid of some boring cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, kudos. I'm looking forward to the double elimination of 2024 when you have established an X point uh, band uh, shenanigan thingy, Mike. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So let's jump ahead to our last segment. Then uh, we've been talking about brewing, and we should of course play brew that or screw that. Absolutely. Uh, Michael, are you familiar with with the game? Of course I am. Cool. <laughs> I'm ready. You're ready. I, I will have to explain the rules if there's a new listener here, but I'm going to read up five cards and Seb and uh, Mike will uh, choose brew that or screw that, i.e. do they think it's interesting to build around a deck with or uh, is it just too bad? Okay, first card. Eladamris Vineyard. So it's a green enchantment for one green mana. At the beginning of each player's pre-combat main phase, that player adds green, green. Brew that or screw that? Mike? Oh, I definitely brew that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the possibility to just accelerate out a, a bunch of different things. Um, I think it'd be fine. Just you do, you could shove it in Enchantress and be fine. Mm? Yeah. But it also it's gives also prosperous your... prosperous bloom. Oh. Can it work there? I think so. I mean, it's just a way to be able to accelerate out, out cards. So you need the, the green mana anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We need a pros bloom deck. Yeah, we so. do. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah. Each player. Hmm. Yeah. How can we, how can we do anything about that? Uh, yeah, I guess if you can do, no, I, it's clearly a brewing space, so I'll say brew that, but I don't know what to do with it. Oh, nice. Have any one of you played versus this card in pre-modern before? I have not seen it yet. Nope. Yeah, uh, same here. Same here. Me neither. Yeah. So for the listeners, brew that. Okay, cool. Next card. Infernal Contract. So black, black, black. Sorcery. Pay half your life, round it up. Draw four cards. Or yeah, draw four cards and you lose half your life rounded up is the is the current yeah. oracle of it. Brew that or screw that, Mike. 
Oh, I would, I've seen this blade against me and, and lost badly to it. So I'm definitely nice. going to say, say brew that, um, you could go the combo route, but also, um, it was played against me by, uh, Robert Kulari. I'm mm -hmm. not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he just jammed it into suicide black and it's a great way to be able to just refuel the hand. Yeah. It's the poor man's necropotence, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> Seb, brew that or screw that. Yeah, we were already mentioning, we already mentioned Crossbloom yep. and way back uh, when I tried to make uh, like that happen, uh, I tried it out. So it's a cool card. I don't really see it in any deck now, but sure, you guys know better than me and Mike might be right. So uh, it's nice drawing cards, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've uh, brewed so much with this card, but I haven't actually played a game with it yet. But like, since mm -hmm. it's a sorcery, it's my go-to Burning Wish target, uh, or one of my go-to's burn Burning Wish targets. But Burning Wish needs to be broken first. I guess it's getting there. So Infernal Contract should... Play. play it play it in the next band series tournament you know with uh you know your tendrils kill it's a good way to reload come on yeah yeah that that, that is exactly what was in my deck <laughs> for the band series <laughs> uh cool so we have two brew brew that so far okay let's yeah let's so. continue um next card wood sage so it's a one one human druid for blue green uh, you can tap it and name a creature card. Reveal the top four cards of your library and put all of them with that name into your hand. Put the rest into your graveyard. Brew that or screw that? Mike. Uh, so I have also played against this card in pre-modern already okay. and lost to it. Um, <laughs> so this is an interesting shell for it. It was a very fair um, Hermit Druid deck with mm -hmm. actual... Uh, basic lands in it and so you'd wood sage naming hermit druid so yeah. you'd find it and then just have like icarids ashen ghouls um all that stuff in the graveyard he uh apprentice necromancer um a nickel bolas and mm -hmm. uh just domed me for, for seven <laughs> made me discard my hand while i'm playing mono blue control <laughs> and then he sacrificed the the nicole bolas to an altar of dimension to mill himself for more value oh, sweet <laughs> it was it was pretty sick and something my deck cannot beat however um i will say it's probably not there it's probably just not as good as like breakthrough or something else in that type of deck so um mm. it's it's got potential but it's probably just a screw that all right yeah Seb? maybe maybe we can build a like chronic and horror squee deck that's green and blue if we have some <laughs> <laughs> discard outlet uh i don't know how to make use of it otherwise like you need to make use of the cards in the graveyard right also yeah. Mm -hmm. uh yeah well milling yourself yeah i'm can always be i'm thinking like somewhere. in a threshold time kind of deck so we, we could play cards like call of the herd and yeah. stuff for value but we, since we actually get to keep the card we're we're uh, naming so if we want terra terravore we can name terravore if, if we want mm -hmm. uh, nimble mongoose or if we want werebear or whatever like we could actually make uh, name that or we have silver library yeah. so we know what cards are on and like we could draw an there, there's okay, clear it. there's mm -hmm. some cool synergies we could do, but at the same time, I feel like it's the little brother of Hermit uh, Druid. So yeah, I like what you said there, threshold, and uh, there's there's a lot of we we haven't I haven't seen a good green blue deck in a while. So 
I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I'll say brew that. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that, but no one will actually brew any of these cards. Ah, hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. Okay. Mm. All right. We will continue with a. Yeah, this is a boring one, but I am. I'm looking at this card from time time to time, and mm, okay, devout witness. So it's mm. a two-two white spell shaper. Uh, for two colorless and one white mana. Uh, you can tap it, pay one colorless and white, discard a card from your hand, and disenchant. So it's a disenchant on stick. Brew that or screw that, Mike? I would say screw that because it doesn't deal with Oath of Druids. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have haste in that sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I've seen this in, I don't know, was it Legacy or whatever? Um, yeah, where would it fit in? No, yeah, I guess it's not a building space, it's more of a solution space for it. Yeah. So I don't see brewing around it, but sure, having it in a sideboard slot for, I don't know, maybe something. Having it, like in the solution maybe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> having having uh, having a, a pogo stick. As, like taking away the a lot of stuff for people. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I feel if if this card sticks, it will win you the game <laughs> versus yeah. so many decks. But uh, yeah. it's got to stick. And as you said, Mike, mm. like Ophel Druids is a problem, I guess. But mm. I'm intrigued by it. So I wanted yeah. to hear, hear your opinion. As a miser sideboard card, like a, maybe... Maybe in some deck. Okay. Okay. We will continue. We brought some good good cards to this time, I think. <sighs> Always good cards, man. Always. <laughs> All right. Next card. Uh, Static Orb. So it's a three-mana artifact. Uh, as long as Static Orb is untapped, players can't untap more than two permanents during their untap steps. Brew that or screw that. Mike. It hurts me to say it because I want this to be a thing, but I think it's just screw that. Um, There's a lot of options for prison in pre-modern and you know that the place that this is going into is with opposition, I think. And um, people have tried with opposition, but you know, no one's really succeeded, you know, with it yet. So Mm. I don't see how this is going to be better in the format than, you know, something like even winter orb or, you know, more, um, like sphere resistance, tangle wire, that type of thing. You just get a lot uh, better effects for the the same or less mana. But this with tangle wire is uh... is a nombo because <laughs> you'll have to tap it. <laughs> yeah, down yeah, yeah, at one yeah, point. yeah, yeah. Unless you abuse it with some untap effects as well. I have no idea. But yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Sam. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I I played it in queue sometime. I think. Mm-hmm. But Mike is uh, hitting the nail on the head with if you have you have better cards uh, to make use of, and uh, we mentioned a bunch of them in this episode already. So, uh, yeah, you're probably not 
when would it even make sense having that because you don't want to constrain your own cars? I don't. I, I don't really see it. Yeah, it was a it was a standard stable like back in two thousand. Oh, yeah. Mer- Merfolk, Merfolk opposition because you tap it mm-hmm. uh, and you get on tap everything. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of sad that I I'm not seeing this card because I have like nostalgia to it. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I guess you perhaps hit the nail on the head here if we had more like now we only have mox diamond basically right being being played as mana mm. i guess it, it could if we had like more of a vintage uh, format with more artifact mana or whatever maybe it's a good addition but not even then because yeah they they don't untap you know you only get the the two permanents total so you can accelerate it out you, with you know moxen but then that doesn't really help you no I'm, I'm i'm thinking about like you not letting you mentioning uh, winter yeah. so uh, like you, you're constraining your opponent's moxen or whatever uh, but yeah i don't i don't really see it in this format yeah. oh, okay okay let's go to the last card then okay equilibrium so it's a blue enchantment for one blue blue whenever you cast a creature spell you may pay one if you do return target creature to its owner's hand screw that or screw that seb you get to go first this time uh i've looked at this card at least but uh, I, i have no idea what to do with it so uh if i pay one when i sacrifice well i could Maybe in that blue green uh, <laughs> deck, that, uh, I think what you actually want to do is return one of your own creatures. Yeah. Uh, maybe, but we don't have that many uh, ETB good cards. So no, I don't know. We don't we have what? What's the artifact uh, where where you can uh, your opponent needs to pay one? Uh, yeah, the erratic portal. Erratic portal. Yep. Yeah. That's probably more playable, I'd say. But you tap, you tap that one. So this you can do repeatedly. So it it mm-hmm. differs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that may be in a combo space. Then I'm not uh, that good at building those decks. So okay. uh, I I say no. All right. But... All right. I respect that, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, should, that. you should definitely brew this um, along with <laughs> Intruder Alarm and yeah. Yeah, then probably Cloud of Fairies. Yeah. And have a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. of fun. <laughs> And then realize you're not doing anything better than a learn is already doing. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but you'll you'll be doing it in style. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I... So intruder alarm creatures do not untap during their controls untap phases. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Then you get to untap them whenever you. Play, you untap yeah. All yeah. yeah. We have had intruder alarm on brew that or screw that before. Uh, I don't mm. remember with whom, but yeah, it's been up. Mm. But it's a it's a cool card. And we definitely have a lot of cool enters the battlefield triggers uh, on creatures mm-hmm. in the format. So yeah. yeah, I think Intruder Alarm is a better card to start with, probably mm-hmm. if you want to brew something crazy. Yeah, but once again, Mike, you might be. <laughs> You're right. We have we have a deck that's better probably with it. Yeah, so we need to ban Aluren then. Exactly, and then yeah. you you can go off with your equilibrium. <laughs> cool. All right, that's it for uh, Rudet or Screw That. You get to play the outro, uh, Seb. 
I think it was an intro. Yeah, it was an outro as well. Have but... an outro also. Yeah, here's the outro. Cool. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but the listeners heard yeah. it. You're laughing, Anton, but the listeners just heard the outro. Yeah, I'm. I'm laughing that you don't remember that you actually wrote an outro and an intro, but you did. I think it's the same. Uh, Whatever. Know. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. It's been uh, it's been a fun uh, one and a half hour to uh, talk with you, Mike. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been yeah. great. Do you have any last parting words for um, you want to make some shout outs or um, make make a statement again about unbanning some cool card or whatever? Here's, <laughs> here's a shot, man. Um, I would say unban Mind Twist and let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. Fun times will be had. Uh, okay, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, see you out there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.